In today's episode, we have a what sold on eBay and elsewhere update, a look at my weekly business and some reselling news. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips. If this is your first time here, thanks for stopping by. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller working out of my home here in the Batcave in the greater Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. You have reached the midweek recap episode where I will give you usually 10 or a dozen uh, items that I've sold on eBay just to give you an idea of what kind of things I sell here. We'll do a weekly business recap where I will disclose my sales, my expenses, my profits, and my losses so you can get an idea of what kind of business I've got on a weekly basis. And I will generally cover some reselling news to give you just some idea of what's going on in the wider world of reselling, if that's kind of the stuff that you're interested in. Let's get it kicked off. With some what's sold action. Normally, like I said, I usually usually have 10 or 12 items. I think this week I have maybe 11, maybe 13. I don't know. I didn't count them. <laughs> um, this was not a particularly big week for huge items. So there's going to be a lot of kind of middle of the road type stuff this week. This first item is a CD. I just popped it up on the screen. You'll see it's $13.99 plus media mail, shipping, customer paid, really not that big a sale. This particular item, uh, Casualties Contrails. This is a CD from essentially a local band in Tallahassee, Florida. You'll notice in the title, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I've got a lot of that information in the title. I've got the artist, I've got the title, I've got the year it was produced, the name of the record company, Manufacture Sound Output, and the fact that it was made in Tallahassee, Florida. Why do you put all that in there, Ryan, you may ask? So this is an album that was recorded by a band that was local to that area. It's not on a major label. This is like your local independent band that put out a CD back in 1993. And the more information you can have on it, the more likely you are to be able to sell it. That should be something that goes without saying. But in a case like this, this item is actually going to someone in Tallahassee, Florida, which would lead me to believe that the fact that I put that in the title and the description helped move this CD, which otherwise probably does not have a particularly big following. This is not a nationally known artist. It's a, again, it's just a local band that was in Tallahassee in the 90s. Someone from down there saw this listing on eBay, essentially for 16 bucks, including shipping, and went ahead and bought it. This was out of a big lot of CDs that I owned for about three and a half cents. So definitely worth taking the time to list. I don't know that I would pay up for CDs that I can't identify, but a lot of times the artists that you don't know can still pay dividends. I did a video a few weeks ago uh, where I talked about an, an artist who purchased their own CD to sell to a fan of theirs. This may be the same thing. This may be somebody that was in that band. You just don't know. So if you have the ability to list a lot of items and you don't mind messing around with some of this lower priced stuff, this is a really nice sale. Three and a half cents into $14 plus 
customer paid shipping. Um, I would do those all day. This next item, I love selling hats. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I just think hats are really cool. I don't really wear them all that often, but you can usually pick them up for $2 or less at most garage sales and estate sales. This is a Chattanooga Lookouts Minor League Baseball. It's kind of a throwback, snapback, adjustable cap. Sold for $16.99 plus customer paid shipping. I own it for a dollar. Uh, picked up at an estate sale. So, I, you know, hats, they're not huge money. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll pop one off for 40 or 50 bucks. But generally speaking, they're all going to be kind of in the 8 to $20 range. But again, an investment of a dollar that turns into 17 plus customer paid shipping. Those are sales I would take pretty much any time. Another CD also out of the big lot, Blood Rock by Blood Rock from 1995. This was new and sealed. Went for $25 on a best offer with free media mail shipping. Another book. Last week, I showed some some oversized books that I sold. This is another one, uh, St. Mark's, The Art and Architecture of Church and State in Venice. Uh, this is a hardcover from 2003. It's an illustrated book of this particular cathedral. Really nice, big book, $25.99 with free shipping. This was sold through the Global Shipping Program, so this one's going overseas. If you're not familiar with the Global Shipping Program, essentially eBay handles all of the international shipping and paperwork. All you've got to do is get it to their shipping center down in Kentucky or up in Kentucky, I guess, depending on where you live. For me, it's down. <laughs> uh, and they take it from there. And once they have it and it's been scanned in, you're essentially not responsible for it anymore. If there is damage or the item gets lost, eBay will actually take care of that for you. So it's a really nice program. It does tend to be a little more expensive for the customer, but I like it for those seller protections on those international orders, and I probably get an order or two a day through that program, so uh, I would strongly recommend it. Another CD, uh, Natural History, the very best of Shriekback. This is a two-disc set from 1994. This has been in my inventory. This was one of the first CDs I listed back last July from that big 8,000 CD lot that I purchased. And oddly enough, if you've been following me on Instagram, shameless plug, you'll note that I started a project last week. I signed up for List Perfectly, and I'm in the process of moving, I guess I shouldn't say moving, uh, cross-listing, cross-posting, maybe not all, but a lot of my items from eBay onto Mercari. No sooner had I cross-listed this to Mercari than somebody on eBay sold it. I have found, for some reason, several instances where an item that has been here for a long, long time, as soon as I used List Perfectly to move it to Mercari, I got some action on it. Some of them were cheaper items that we're not going to cover today. This one went for $32.99. I own it for three and a half cents, so this is a really nice flip. Um, I will be doing a video and a podcast somewhere in the future about my experience using List Perfectly to move items to Mercari. My initial thoughts are it actually works pretty well. I've probably had maybe one out of every 100 that I go to do that it doesn't capture the pictures or it doesn't capture the title or it does, something is missing in the upload information that I'm trying to transfer and I've got to go back and redo it. 
probably not that big a deal. Most of the frustrations that I have come across in using it are more related to things with Mercari, uh, such as a 40-character title, which for some books and CDs is not nearly enough to capture all the information you'd really like to have in there. So we'll see how that goes. I've talked about Mercari in the past, and we're kind of off the beaten path here, so <laughs> just stick with me. Um, I haven't done a ton of business on Mercari, and I didn't feel like I was getting the bang for the buck when I was manually trying to cross-list items. List Perfectly has made it so that I am able to do 100 to 200 cross-listings a day, and a very quickly, as of the time of this recording, I have 750 listings on Mercari instead of the 70-some I had uh, last week at this time. It has already generated three sales, which is more than paid for my one-month subscription to List Perfectly and made me a little bit of money. So while I'm not knocked out yet by the sales I'm getting on Mercari, um, I think on balance, this process will probably be a profitable one. So look for a video in the future where I'll go into a little more depth on that uh, or follow me again on Instagram where I will be posting updates fairly regularly about the items that are selling over there which I think, <laughs> actually, there will be a couple coming up here shortly. Next up, uh, this was featured in the haul video that I did last week where I went thrifting last Tuesday, Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook, the core rule book from 2012. I picked this up for a buck and a half at a Goodwill store, and it was listed less than 24 hours I had it listed, I think, for $39.99, and I got a best offer of $33. Actually, I think it was $30, and I countered at $33, and the guy bought it. So a buck and a half into $33 in free shipping in less than 24 hours for this item, um, that's a win. We will definitely do that. that this item m almost by itself paid for my entire day of thrifting because I didn't really pick up all that much stuff, and it was all pretty cheap. So that's a nice little flip. Also featured in that buy, uh, I picked up a couple of Sony CD changers. The first one of those has already sold the Sony CDP-CE375. Uh, this was a an item that had its owner's manual, but did not have the remote. I listed it for $39.99 plus customer paid shipping. I got an offer of $35 plus shipping, and I went ahead and took that. I own this for $7.99. So... Not a huge flip, but not not terrible. The first item I sold in uh, Operation Crosslist to Mercari, the set of uh, the Tarot of Princesses, uh, a set of tarot cards in a pack. I had these on eBay for what seems like forever. I think I paid $3 for this. Um, I had them listed for $54.99. I got an offer of $40.00. On Mercari because I had them for so long and I owned them for so little, I went ahead and took that. So that was the first sale on Mercari, $40 with free shipping on a set of tarot cards. Next sale, also on Mercari and also from last Tuesday's thrift video, uh, Core Rhythms Dance Exercise Program. This was a lot of eight DVDs. I picked these up at Goodwill for 99 cents a piece. So I've got essentially eight bucks in this thing, sold them for $47 with free media mail shipping. I think it costs maybe $4 and a penny to ship these in a little box. So really nice flip, uh, eight bucks into 
essentially $43 less the Mercari fees. This one put me in the money with Mercari. So uh, pretty pleased with that. And again, a sale that took only a handful of days. This next item, uh, the Ward Brothers, the madness of it all from 1986. If you've been following along for quite a while, you may remember that this item was sold once before, back before Christmas. This is one of the ones that was delayed by the post office that when the customer finally got it, I shipped this thing out like the first week of December and it arrived at the customer's residence the second week of January. (laughs) Uh, So real close to probably 45 days in transit. It was meant to be a Christmas gift. So the customer asked if they could return it. I said, absolutely, feel free, send it back. I think at that time I sold it for $39.99. As soon as I got it, I relisted it. This time, I sold it for 50 bucks. This is another one out of the big lot that I owned for three and a half cents, so real nice flip. Um, lost, obviously, a little bit of money with the shipping back and forth, but since I sold it for more money this time than I did the first time, it actually worked out all right. And now, um, not real thrilling flip of the week. I bought this book... The Daytona Hot Shoe History of Short Track Motorcycle Racing in Daytona Beach for $1 at a Valley Thrift probably two or three months ago. There were none of these listed anywhere. I had a devil of a time figuring out what to even price this book at. There were none on Amazon at the time I got it. There were none on eBay, none on uh, any book selling site that I could find. I really had no frame of reference. So I just threw a price on it of $54.99 plus customer paid shipping. I got an offer last week for $50.99 plus shipping. Again, I own it for a buck, so I went ahead and took that. So that became the flip of the week. The first time my flip of the week has not been over $100 in quite some time, so that's a little disappointing. But all in all, a very profitable sale, as most of these were, so we'll definitely take them. With all of that being said, let's talk about the week's business overall. It was kind of a mixed bag last week. Things were kind of more back to normal. It felt super slow after six or eight weeks of $1,700 to $2,000 being back down around $1,400. Felt like there was no business, (laughs) Uh, which I guess is a good problem to have. But uh, all in all, it wasn't a terrible week. Listings, I spent three days last week doing other projects, sourcing and going out and doing some other stuff. So I didn't really get a lot of listings up on eBay last week. I only did 50 listings to eBay. So not fantastic. However, Thursday and Friday alone, I managed to cross list from eBay to Mercari using list perfectly 436 items in those two days. So that was very productive and obviously has already led to some sales. Not cleaning house yet at uh, Mercari, but it's still, it's again, like I mentioned earlier, it's paid already for the month's subscription to list perfectly. So I consider that a win. We're going to kind of watch this experiment over the next month and see what it does, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how it's gone so far. So 436 listings uh, cross posted to Mercari last week. Sales for the week totaled 13.87 and 41 cents and came from a huge variety of sources last week. 
Uh, I made $2.44 on the Amazon Associates Affiliate Program. So somewhere on a YouTube video or in a, a podcast, somebody clicked on one of my links and bought a couple items. Thank you. Hat tip to you, $2.44. I'm nowhere near <laughs> uh, the $10 threshold to actually get paid out for that, but that money is there and eventually I'll probably get there. Uh, I did also have a couple of you go to my Teespring store and pick up some swag. So thank you very much for that. Um, all in, I made $31 and a quarter from Teespring sales on a handful of sales. So I appreciate all of you that went and checked out the, uh, the swag, shirts, coffee mugs, whatever. I appreciate it. $40.74 at the Westchester Antique Mall. It continues to be really slow over there this month. Not sure what, what the situation is. I don't know if the whole antique mall is slow or if it's just my booth, but a pretty disappointing week over there. $55.10 on Bonanza yet once again. So again, not huge numbers, but Bonanza continues to produce business pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, the two sales I already showed you from Mercari that totaled $87.00. And then eleven seventy and eighty eight cents on eBay, which was the worst week I've had on eBay in several, probably several months. So it was really slow on eBay, which makes the cross listing of the items to Mercari that much more important. Because if you have a bad week somewhere and you can claw back some money somewhere else, that's all good. Cost of goods sold for the week was forty five dollars and fifty seven cents, which left me with a gross profit of ninety six. 0.72% or $1,341.84. Operating expenses for the week totaled $5.51 and 64 cents, uh, $193 in eBay and Mercari fees, uh, $303.65 in postage and shipping, and the $49 for the first month subscription to list perfectly. So a little bit higher than normal, but not too hateful. That left me with a net profit of 56.96%, which was still really solid, at $7.90.20. So a pretty good week, all in all. Um, not quite what the previous weeks had been, but on balance, we will take that. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. News updates. All right, so let's talk about a handful of reselling news updates here. We're going to start with eBay. We talked last week about the spring seller update and that one of the things that they were going to do was change the way they handled non-paying buyers. There is some additional information that has since come out on that. Uh, eBay changes how to deal with deadbeat buyers. I will link to this and all the articles that I referenced today in the show notes and the video description below. Uh, eBay is renaming its unpaid item assistant to, quote, preferences for items awaiting payment. That's really a mouthful. It doesn't really roll <laughs> uh, off the tongue. But uh, 
This is a program that was available previously only to high volume sellers and the tool for managing non-paying buyers is going to be open to all sellers beginning in April. In fact, according to this article, it appears that you'll be required to transition to this new program. Uh, eBay has explained the new process of dealing with non-paying buyers as, quote, starting in early April 2021, we will begin introducing a new cancel function for unpaid items. You'll no longer have to file an unpaid item claim or send payment reminders. Instead, we'll proactively remind buyers if they have a payment due and you'll be able to manually or automatically cancel an order if the buyer has not paid after five calendar days. This will be just slightly quicker than the current minimum thresholds for the unpaid item assistant program. Uh, that program, as eBay says, sellers can open up an unpaid item case on day two, and eBay gives buyers an additional four days on top of that to pay. If there's no payment, sellers can request that the case be closed on day six. This new cancel flow will allow sellers to cancel an order on day five. It's still, to me, A, it's too long. B, it shouldn't really be happening at all. And we talked a little bit last week about how I can understand with auctions where it's a little more difficult to do, but there's really no excuse for buyers having even five days to pay for an item. I hate to throw eBay under the bus on that, but I don't know of any other site in the world. <laughs> and if you do, let me know in the comments that allows you five days to pay for an item. If you want something, you've got to pay for it at the time of purchase, especially for hobby sellers, small sellers, independent sellers who their sole source of income is selling these items. If you have an item that somebody buys, quote unquote, buys and doesn't pay for for five days, not only do you not have the money for that item, but that item is tied up and not able to be purchased by someone else. There has been another suggestion on another podcast that I listened to where an item could stay in your sellable inventory until or unless a buyer actually pays for it. So in an unpaid item case such as this, once the buyer has clicked buy and does not pay, that item continues to show up in eBay search as an available item until the item is paid for. That to me, I mean, it's a great idea, but it's probably more cumbersome to code for something like that than it would be to just force buyers to have a payment type available and on record so that when they click buy, it automatically charges them. Let me know what you think of this whole process. Uh, you've got my two cents worth on it there, as it were, five, five days is still far too long, in my opinion. Moving on, uh, Goodwill, who is a obviously a, a source for a lot of resellers who have also begun to notice that Goodwill has increased its pricing in its stores. Now there is uh, another reason why they probably are doing that. Goodwill is seeing 20 million visitors on its e-commerce site each week, and it plans a complete redesign to compete with the big online players like Poshmark and ThreadUp. Um, obviously, they're talking specifically about clothing here, but the battle to become the biggest online resale site continues. Now, Goodwill is entering the ring, hoping to become the next $1 billion secondhand shopping site and 
following in the footsteps of successful startups such as Poshmark, ThreadUp, and The Real Real. Uh, they talked to one of their executives. I think it's interesting because we definitely have been a best-kept secret in the marketplace, but we don't want to remain a secret. Uh, we are now competing with the big sites for profits online and want to make sure our site stands up to the competition. Looking to up its competitive advantage, Goodwill's e-commerce site is undergoing a redesign that will launch in the fall and will also include a mobile app. So they're definitely doing the things that they need to do to become competitive in that space. Obviously, they have an almost unlimited supply of goods with the donations that are given nationwide to them. So it's a they could really become a, a big problem for resellers. Uh, their online site was established by the Goodwill of Orange County back in 1999 and facilitates the online sales for more than 129 Goodwill chapters in all 50 U.S. states, as well as one up in Canada. Last month, the site surpassed $1 billion in sales since its founding, a number that within a few years it hopes to clock in annual sales. So they have big, big plans. They haven't they just broke a billion over what essentially is a 20-year time span, and they want to do that annually. Uh, I think the next five years is really dependent on local goodwills making e-commerce a priority. We are just seeing a trend that where we are compared to last year, I think we could get to $1 billion in annual sales in the next five years. We're definitely seeing a shift and having the younger generations shopping in our stores. People are excited about thrifting. Gen Z, in particular, feels a sense of pride buying things that are sustainable. Thrifting is definitely becoming more accepted and it's being normalized as a fun thing to do. So, Goodwill, uh, which has been kind of a honey hole for a lot of folks in reselling, is poised to at least make an effort to become one of your biggest competitors. I would think that you will continue to probably see prices in their stores rise as the demand for their own goods increases, particularly through the online resources. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Let me know what you think of that particular situation. Moving on, Mercari has been named to Fast Company's annual list of the world's most innovative companies for 2021. The online marketplace that connects millions of people through its Japan and U.S. platforms to buy and sell items no longer being used announced that it has been named to Fast Company's prestigious annual list of the world's most innovative companies for 2021. Uh, Mercari, headed in, headquartered in Japan, is among the top 10 companies given this honor in the Asia-Pacific category. The annual list, which is a fairly prestigious list if you're not familiar with Fast Company's uh, program, it, it is a, a list you definitely want to be on. Uh, the annual list recognizes the businesses that have not only found a way to be resilient, in the past year, but have made a profound impact on their industries and culture as a whole. This year's list features 463 businesses from 29 countries. So uh, while I was bashing Mercari a few minutes ago for not being the most productive site I'm on, uh, kudos to them for this recognition. I think they're probably going to continue to grow um, as sellers like me continue to shove more and more merchandise on there. They've really got nowhere to go but up. Uh, but this is a really nice award for them. So congratulations to Mercari. Moving back to eBay. There were uh, several videos and podcasts about this. Um, the eBay standard envelope. So this was a program that was introduced, I want to say back in December, for $20 and under trading cards. The 
thought process behind it was that it would be an inexpensive and trackable way to ship these low, lower value trading cards and again, be able to track them as opposed to the first class package, which is a little on the expensive side when you're talking about a, a trading card that might only be worth eight or 10 bucks. Again, I will link to this article. Uh, Kudos to eBay for trying to solve a problem for sellers with a unique approach, the eBay standard envelope. However, it does not appear to be a completely foolproof solution when it comes to providing buyers and sellers with peace of mind and protection. And in part, it is because it does not come with acceptance scans from the U.S. Postal Service. So they weren't real clear when they introduced this program, what the scan was. And I think a lot of people, myself included, just assumed that they had negotiated some kind of program with the United States Post Office to provide a scannable delivery on an item for a reduced rate. As it turns out, that is not the case. Uh, The tracking is only for the buyer and the seller and only through the eBay website. It is not through USPS. A eBay moderator posted on a site, uh, quote, tracking for eBay standard envelope is an agreement set up with several of our partners. It is not a USPS tracking number and is only trackable via the eBay website, via a buyer's purchase history or a seller's order history. While you shouldn't expect to see an acceptance scan from USPS at the counter or by the letter carrier, there are systems in place to ensure that as a seller, you get credit for shipping items on time and with a valid number. They went on to say, and this is where people really have started to get upset, the eBay standard envelope does not provide any special protections when it comes to item not received claims or payment disputes. However, the standard protections will apply if the item scans as attempted or actually delivered, we would find in your favor in the case of an INR. Since payment disputes are decided by the financial institution, we cannot promise that it will always be found in your favor, but we will always work to provide the institution with the evidence of deliverability. If you encounter an INR payment dispute for an eBay standard envelope item, please consider contacting customer support so they can review your options with you. Um, I, <laughs> I don't actually sell trading cards in small quantities like this at low prices. I sell, I might sell a binder full of cheap cards, but uh, if I did and I was aware of this, I probably would not be inclined to use this program. The savings would not be worth the potential risk of the item not actually being tracked. So color me unimpressed with this particular program. Let me know what you think. Have you used it? Did it work like you expected? Um, How did it go? What will you do going forward now that you know that these are not actual USPS scans? Last thing, this is this goes back clear to November. Um, article in Forbes this week, PS5 scalpers don't understand why you're giving them so much money. <laughs> uh, and this is something I had talked about at the time that I really, I didn't get it. It continues to be a problem because the uh, availability of these items is still pretty poor internationally. Uh, but even even the resellers, the scalpers, if you want to call them that, uh, are, quote, not sure why people are paying those amounts for a console that within six months, I believe, will be readily available. So they can't even believe how much money they're making. Uh, there is a kind of an ongoing backlash 
Uh, some PS5 buyers may be fighting back against resellers. Uh, one seller claimed that some bidders have won his auctions and then canceled the order or simply not paid for it. So they're putting in these super high bids and then crickets. They're not doing anything. They're not completing the sale. So that's a really interesting situation for the resellers and the customers, not to mention the platforms. They also commented that there are a ton of zero feedback buyers that are buying these items, which also leads them to believe that these are people that are just out to spite the resellers. Uh, and most of those folks, those are brand new accounts, no feedback. They don't care if they don't pay. It's a, it's like a burner phone <laughs> account. Uh, they're just out to cause problems. So uh, interesting that this thing continues to be in the news. Here we are all these months later, uh, but the PS5, and it seems to be, according to this article, mostly PS5. The Xbox Series X does not seem to be having the same backlash and the same problems as the PS5. So I find that really interesting. Uh, if you are a seller of video games, let me know what your thoughts are on that. Why the PS5 in particular has drawn so much attention. I don't, I don't follow it all that close. Is this a, a much, much more popular system than the Xbox Series X at this point? Or what's, what's the story there? So if you, if you have some feedback on that, let us know in the comments. With that, uh, man, this thing ran way longer than I expected. Um, I appreciate you stopping by and spending a little time. If you found this useful, do me a favor. Whack that thumbs up button and let the eBay out. Or eBay. I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, let the YouTube algorithm know that this was a worthwhile and entertaining video. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.